Hello, I'm Boyd Hilton, and on the Pilot TV podcast this week, a cuckoo bong true crime drama from Down Under, a crime <laughs> drama from Wales starring not one but two masters of psycho character acting, and the welcome return of Netflix pop culture phenom Heartstopper. Plus, I talk to the great Michael Sheen about Good Omens Series 2 and John Hamm's Naked Bottom. So welcome to this very special pilot TV podcast, which not only won't feature any 15-minute stories about trying to book tickets to see an overrated pop star, nor any 20-minute discussions of hard sci-fi, but is in fact (laughs) a James Dyer-free zone. Yes, well, I have never let the Pilot TV podcast fam down and never miss an episode, no matter where I may be in the world. Our leader, James, has outrageously gone on holiday, well, kind of, probably to Wembley, West London, so he can get a good spot for next year's (laughs) Tay Swift gig. That's the good news. The even better news is that I'm joined in James's absence this week by two glorious colleagues in what is, in effect, a podcast reunion of the basic bingers. If you know, Woo-hoo! if you know, if you know, you know, steady. <laughs> Copyright, John Dan Harris. Thank you, John. I speak oh. of none other. I speak of none other. If you've heard their voices already, they're already squawking and squeaking behind the scenes. I speak of none other than Kay Ribeiro, who's, of course, on the Pilot TV podcast every week anyway. and. Queen of true crime, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Stephanie Seelan. That Welcome. is my official title. Thank you. Thank you. Ke- Welcome, Steph. Can I just say, listeners, I, I want you to know that I have known and worked with James Dyer for 22 years. And what I can say is in that time, he has made no personal growth whatsoever. So <laughs> <laughs> I... I'm, These are the kind of insights yeah. we want. Yeah. Literally none. As a human being, nothing. Nothing has changed in that time. He's Just always been a bellend. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Now, at least now he's a podcast legendary bellend. So that's kind of different. Is, sorry, is, am I, is he well respected in this field? Um, well, yeah. I don't know. He go he's, got, he's got fans. He's got fans. He's got an army of fans. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the <gasps> diehards. Oh, the, is that what they're called? The diehards? So. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. God, it's, yeah. it's really difficult to understand why he can't replicate that in his like, actual life, isn't it? Mm, you know, yeah. people a, that appreciate yeah. and love him. But, yeah. you know, never mind. Anyway, but let's talk about you, Steph. Um, you oh. are, not only are you our esteemed colleague of K&I's on, on Heat magazine, mm-hmm. you're also the editor, I believe, of Crime yes. Monthly magazine. Yes, yes, what, I tell am. Us all, tell us all about that, Steph. Well... Fans of the uh, Basic Bingers podcast might remember that I spent a lot of time on that show talking about my love of true crime. I took it to, I took it to extremes, guys, and uh, invented a magazine about true crime, which is filled with delightful stories about death and horrors, all the horrors that you can think of. This issue, I've got somebody who was murdered and put in a cage by two men who then posted the murder pictures to the dark web. Yeah. Just to confirm, you haven't got the murdered person, right? Any access to the murdered person? I I don't have access to the murdered person because they are very much dead. I just wanted to clarify. No, but yeah, it's, there's a lot of horror. So we do that. But in that, we also do lots of these are all the crime TV things. We've got crime TV guide, yeah, all yeah, crime yeah. TV things well, you can watch. Yeah, this week is two out of three shows we're reviewing a crime. I mean, almost so much like they, you know, the God knew that you were coming. I to know, this and I you, really appreciated yeah. that, and I've got a yeah. lot to say about both of them. Yeah, good. Well, apologies that we're doing another show that isn't crime related in any way whatsoever. But you know, it can't be. Oh, you can't well, have them all. No, you have some variety. No, yeah, I mean, I did think you were going to make this a crime special, but mm, no, fair enough. No. It's Next okay. time. 
next time. Thanks. And I mean, we should say Basic Binges was a podcast that we all did together years mm-hmm. ago. How many years ago was that? Four. Um, four and a four. half. Yeah, I think four. Four and a half. And then it kind of, you know, had to disappear. And then we, we then we. Dis- wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Hold no. up. No. Yeah, no, we just need to clear this up. Now that Steph's here, we've yeah. our third Musketeers here. Yeah. It didn't have to end. It was forced upon us. We were shut in our prime, right. our second podcast, shut in our prime. And then, and this is where some of, you know, my rage blackouts began. Another, by coincidence, another podcast called Pilot mm-hmm, TV mm-hmm. sprouted up in its absence. Some would say it was cannibalized. And then our esteemed third musketeer, Boyd, defected. That's what happened. Well, hold, no, no, no. That's not the end of the tale. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm really so, glad I brought this up. Yeah. Okay. So um, then what happened, guys, is that I went off. Um, I had a small human. Um, and uh, then uh, the two people that I, I held so dear <laughs> to my heart, who I now <laughs> refer to as the treacherous two, decided to both go onto the pilot podcast, which is now in effect mm. the basic bingers without me. Now, of course, lots of people rejoiced and said, thank God, her crazy voice is is off. We don't want to have to listen to her anymore. Um, and that's what's happened. Anyway, uh, we don't want to. We don't anyway, want to. Um, sorry, we don't I don't want to indulge ourselves. Yeah, indulge ourselves too long because the last podcast we did pretty much, or, or the one before, anyway. James literally did do a fifteen minute a story about trying to book Taylor Swift tickets. By the way, I like Taylor Swift. I, I was. I just want to say that in my intro, I said she was overrated, but she's she's brilliant, obviously. But let, we, we we need to focus because people do get pissed off if we just drone on about you know okay. bullshit. Apologies, you know, constantly. But so to bring it back to TV. Anyway, I was going to ask you, because in case people haven't heard you for four years on, mm-hmm. on, on any kind of podcast. You um, what, I didn't prepare you for this. What's your favourite TV show of all time, Steph? My favourite TV show of all yeah. time? I, I think I, my favourite TV show, the one that I enjoyed the most, when I, st- I stayed up all night to watch it was, people might think this is a bit strange, Damages. Have you ever heard Damages with Glenn Close? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Damages. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. I... Of, when anyone ever asks me what they should binge, I say binge damages. It's it was um, Glenn Close. I love anyway, um, but yeah. yeah, I the first series of that I watched every episode in one night. I stayed up all night to watch it because I could not stop watching it. That's my favorite of all time. Well, good answer. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and yours, Kate? Um, of all time, I think the West Wing. Yeah, it's got to be the course. West Wing. Good one, of course. Now and forever. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so. Without further ado, let's actually go into the podcast format that we know and love of the Pilot TV podcast. And we start, Steph, as you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. by discussing what stuff generally we've been watching this week. And to give you time to prepare, I'm going to start with Kay. Thank you. Oh, okay. Um, right. So last week we were talking about um, shows that we hadn't caught up on and we really wanted to. And you may recall that Boyd and I talked about Mrs. Maisel and I offered my service of doing a co-watch with him and he cruelly snubbed me, Steph. He said no. Um, so inspired by our chat and a little bit hurt, I decided to um, watch season four. And so, yeah, that's what I've been doing just all of last week, every night, just watching um, another episode. And it is great. Like Midge is back in the Upper East Side. She's back in her apartment. Um, Joel has moved on with May and gloriously i'm happy that um there's a lot more lenny bruce in it and big things happen with her um him and mitch so yeah i'm now just on the final season i'm gonna start tonight lenny bruce the of course the real life um stand-up comedian was a legend in the business back mm. in the played by luke kirby i think yeah yeah in this uh, it's like 10 episodes a season 
Uh, is, it, is it eight or ten? No, maybe it's eight. I think it's eight, you know. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, that's, that's pretty impressive. You swept through the whole, that the whole is season impressive. four. Yeah, that's very good. Mm, yeah, it's been yes. raining though, so you know, you that, have to stay indoors well, when it's raining. Of course, yeah. Um, uh, the only reason I'd snubbed your request is because I haven't had time to watch any yet, so I just didn't want to slow you down, Kate. That's the thing. And also, do you know what? I think the T, like, because I think the TV gods were listening about the snub because it was a snub, then you've had some technical issues with your TV, haven't you? I have had some technical As if yes, to punish you. Yes, my for TV. That cruel crime. My TV has gone a bit cuckoo bong, um, to use your mm. famous phrase. What's the other phrase? Banana, banana crackers. crackers. That's the actual yeah. phrase. Yeah. My TV has gone banana crackers because um, it's, it's, it's a Samsung. It's something to do with the fan and it keeps like turning itself off and on, on and off. Um, then it gets like the, the picture goes funny. The, the other day, I couldn't even get the, the, the bloody thing to work at all while I was trying to watch something oh, or other for the podcast. So, do you only have one TV? Yeah, once it's 78 Ooh. inches. Yeah, Steph. but Steph, it's massive. Yeah, I can't have two of them. I mean, my flat's big, it's not that big. Okay, <laughs> I, mean, I just thought you'd yeah. have a backup TV. I mean, that is your, like, no. you know, you are TV's Boyd Hilton to only have well, one guess, TV. <laughs> I guess backup TV is like this laptop or my, my desktop. Okay iMac, I don't know. Yeah, but there's ways of watching stuff. But um, you know, I've got 70 inch TV, but it better work. So I've got to. Yeah, I may. I, I think I'll just. I've had it for eight years though. This one, so I think. Oh, I'm that is quite a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like mattresses. Yeah. Like, how how mm. often do you need to change your mattress? Your TV's probably about the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Mm. TV more important than the mattress, obviously. Okay, um, yeah, I mean, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, what have you been watching this week, Steph? Well. In line with your spoiler specials, I have been watching Hijack and not yes. listening to your show because I don't want spoilers from you guys, okay? Of course. I want to spoil my own free time, thanks very much. Yeah, you listen to the podcast, uh, you just stop listening at the point where you know we're going to start talking about Hijack, yeah. Yeah, of course I do. I don't <laughs> want to know what happens. I want to need to watch it and enjoy it. Anyway, it's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. I love Neil Maskell so much. He's a brilliant And also, let's, oh, he's, let's be honest, who you really love is Idris. Look, I don't want to get into it, but obviously Idris and I have got, you know, we've got a love relationship going on. Yeah, everyone loves Idris. Who doesn't love Idris? He doesn't even need to act. He just kind of slightly says a couple of things and then he's just amazing. Everything he does is incredible. This is the most Idris of all his Idris's, Idris performances, I think, isn't it? It's peak, peak Idris. Do you think this is peak Idris? I mean, yeah. I do. Yeah. And just in terms of the, per the, 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 the personality of the guy he's playing, it's the coolness, the, the suave, you know, the, all of that. Oh yeah, this is like have this is just like someone's videotaping an actual hijack. Where, this is what exactly what Idris would do in Idris's right. actual life in a hijack. Right. He'd yeah. be like exactly what, all the decisions he's making are Idris decisions. Yeah, yeah. this yeah. should be just be called Idris in a hijack. Oh, so so you you and Idris are intimately uh, intimately. Uh, yeah, he doesn't know about friends. it, but we are. No. Yeah, no. yeah. Does your husband know about it? Um, my husband's a <laughs> moron, so we don't tell him anything. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, love it's basic binges days love yeah. a little moron but he's a, a lovable, moron still he's a lovable, yeah. he's a lovable I describe him as a lovable doofus yeah yes yeah. that's it I'm still trying to get him to really understand the difference between two with one O and two with two O's oh yeah. classic yeah. I've got many let me just say I've got many people in my life who still don't know that difference yeah mm. it's, it's excruciating they never will I think it's one of those things they've just like blocked it off in their mind yeah. Really? Are I've they got there, two... there and there people as well? There and there. How can yeah. you get that wrong? Oh, it's, it's insane, isn't it? Yeah. Some people just aren't as, you know, brilliantly educated as you. Well, oh, that's true. What well, were you going to say? You've got two people that with the two and oh, two disease. Uh, I'm just going to give an example of the two and two disease. Yeah. I've got too much money, T.O., you know. Oh, 
Are you, do people text? Do people text you and say I've got too much money? Yeah. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. With with one O. Okay. <laughs> have you been watching Mrs. Maisel too, or <laughs> have you have been watching? <laughs> oh, nice. T O. Mrs. Maisel T O. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll tell you what I've been watching. I've been watching a few things. Um, I'm going to get it. First off, I'm watching Traitors Australia. I've started watching. I let me just say, I've never had as many people um, feeding back to me on this podcast since we were doing this podcast telling me saying to me how are you watching blah 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 then i have people saying are you watching traces australia so just to kind of oh, really? yeah, just to kind of stop the flow staunch the flow of people saying for god's sake start watching please say i have started watching traces australia and it is brilliant it's 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 clear now having watched the british version of course, hosted by, hosted by Claudia Winkle. And the, was it, was the other version we've seen? The American version? Yeah, the American version. The American, yeah. yeah. That, this format is absolutely foolproof. I mean, it is such a brilliant format. But the cast of the, of the um, Australian version are hilarious and brilliant and just, it's just incredibly entertaining watching them. It's more entertaining watching these guys doing the tasks, right, than it is in the other two, oh, right. I think. That's what made, so some people are saying it's even it's the best one. I haven't got to the end of it yet. It's all on iPlayer and it's showing on BBC Three at various times every week as well. Um, but it is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and a reminder. So you know what? Maybe we should maybe we should get James to watch this. You know, part of our cultural exchange. Yeah. He didn't watch the British version, and the American version we said wasn't as good as the uh, British one. Maybe we'll get him to watch Australia. Well, what yeah. is it that you think, Boyd? That because so obviously Married at First Sight Australia, everybody loves that. And now you're telling me Traitors well, Australia. I mean, Why is Australia? James Dyer doesn't like it, but yeah, I mean, lots no, people who like reality TV, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but why are the Australian, my question is, why are the um, Australian versions so much, getting so much more attention? There's, I guess, uh, I think there's, I think, well, Married at First Sight Australia was different because they kind of invented the different format, didn't they? They changed the format Originally, that was a British format on Channel 4 that was more yeah. like a, a kind of documentary series when it first started. And then the Australians turned it into more of a reality show. And then it came back here, and, they, and then they went along with the Australian kind of remake, redo of the format. So that was a, a very interesting um, case, actually, of how yeah. a show changed, morphed over the years. Whereas I think the uh, uh, Traitors Australia is just about, well, there's quite an Australianness about the people who are in it. If you know what I mean, they're quite big characters, and there's. A, I mean, we're going to do an Australian show later, of course. No spoilers, but one of the one of the shows we're reviewing this week is Australia. Is an Australian <laughs> true crime story, and, there's mm. a, and yeah, I mean, let's just say there's a lot to discuss. I think it's <laughs> it's very Australian. <laughs> I'll be very interested they, to see if you guys actually know that case anyway. But let's let's, let's oh, yeah, carry yeah, on, yeah. Let's not get, anyway. So uh, yeah, Traitors Australia, brilliant. Yeah, everyone should watch it if you find the time to watch it. Um, I watched, uh, I think we'll be reviewing this next week. So Only Murders in the Building, Series 3. Oh, uh, yeah. So do you watch Series 1 and 2, stuff? Oh, it's so good. I love Only oh, Murders it? in the oh, Building. It's brilliant. It's one of my favourites. It's I'm, just, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't review it yet, obviously, but I've yeah, watched pretty much the whole of Season 2 and we will be reviewing that next week. Um, very exciting. The Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez, and you can say the big new stars um, of this one, Meryl Streep. Oh my Isn't God. it for God's wow. sake? And Paul Rudd, the lovable oh. Paul Rudd. Yeah. I can say Paul Rudd is playing a complete bell end, right? This actor oh. who's an absolute twat. And Mel Streep, all I'll say is this, right? How this brilliant bit of casting. She plays a failed actress 
who's never got a role in like 40 <laughs> years of oh trying to get God. a decent role. It's such a brilliantly funny, ironic bit of casting. Um, and she's kind of a terrible actress as well when she finally gets the role. So yeah, we'll, we'll do that in depth next week. Um, I want to mention this show that I genuinely stumbled upon, right? Very, very recent. I, was, I do flick through the, the channels. When you get to MTV, you think, oh, I'm going to see what's on MTV, right? There's a show oh called Dating Naked Germany. Right. What? Yes. Dating, na- dating naked Germany. And because we've, Steph, we've, as you know, we've discussed quite a lot of naked attraction on this show. James turned out to be bizarrely a big fan of naked attraction. Right? Oh, we used to yeah, do Steph. naked attraction on the basic binges, right. didn't we? Yeah. 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 I was horrified by the whole thing. Yeah, but- of course. Right. So this show, Dating Naked Germany, is a German show, as the title implies. I think there are a few other countries around the world where it's been on as well, which basically is like takes the takes the um, naked attraction format and runs with it. So oh, everyone in it is stuck naked throughout the whole fucking thing, right, like the right. 10 people taking part. <laughs> and you know, like in, there's an American show called Naked and Afraid, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah, where they're all in the woods. And they pick They're in the woods though, yeah. They're in the woods. That's yeah. actually scary. Right. Yeah, in the American version of that show, they pixelate all the private parts, and so you don't actually see, mm. you know, nipples and genitals and all that. But in this thing, they do not. Oh my god, they do not pixelate <gasps> anything. What? Yeah. You telling so me that you've got all that German sausage out there on display? Oh Nobody yeah. Wants- oh my god. Big yeah. Big- wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. Yeah. Are we saying they are in forests or are they going around town centres? No, they're in. Because surely this is <laughs> they're not going around town centres. Often <laughs> they're in a traditional reality TV type compound like you know like the the um the place in love island or whatever but cheaper kind of quite cheapo version of it which is in the woods somewhere and they're all they're all you know they all kind of have to sleep you know either together or separately in this thing but they wander around the entire fucking series doing the challenges and tasks naked Uh, constantly naked so they're they're sitting on the sofa naked yeah they do the diary room naked they're just sitting there like cross-legged and and to answer steph's point yeah lots of german sausage dangling around and and you know the equivalent lady parts it is astonishing viewing honestly i remember the times when the naked version of you was what you 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 know you waited to watch the naked version of the person after Mm. a date and that was something you kept private they are called private parts for a reason why now it's like everyone like you know oh let's just get it over with here's my boobies so no put them yeah. put them back under no. the dress or whatever is, you choose to wear yeah it is astonishing it's honestly absolutely astonishing and and, and it's and what, what is the point of it right so it's so for them it's a dating to find show. love yeah it's a dating show yeah. but so it, and so do they then show them having sex um not yet not yet i only watched i think it was the first episode by the way it was a 90 minute episode i was wow. like wow and i came in halfway through literally like by surprise but i was like oh my god what the fuck that is, is this? a lot of sausage yeah, yeah. you can have in 90 minutes yeah. it was on like about 11 o'clock on mtv but yeah it is extraordinary and they have subtitles obviously for the whole, it's quite basic the whole thing <laughs> it's quite appropriate for basic binges because like the subtitles are quite basic and quite funny as well um yeah it's astonishing check it out naked dating dating naked australia uh, uh, germany <laughs> i think it's that way around you'd expect it to be naked dating but it's dating naked i believe and finally the other thing i wanted to mention is did you see the great British miracle meat? <laughs> Talking of na- naked What? Dates. Talking of meat? Yeah. <laughs> what? Right. Do you know about this? Have oh you my God. This, this isn't that, this isn't that, because that's not that, that Greg thingy where he yes. ate human meat. Oh yes. God. I can't. You know, and there's that picture of him with that massive bit of meat. Oh mm. no. Yeah. Wait, Greg who? Greg Wallace? Yeah, yes, sorry, Greg, Greg Wallace. Wallace. I, I Greg just call him Greg. of MasterChef fame. Greg. This was a one-off on Channel 4 earlier this week. It went out on Monday. And of course, I I remember seeing getting the press release for this. And it was like, oh, 
Greg Wallace investigates a new type of meat that's going to be all the rage. And I was like, who gives a shit about that? I didn't, we didn't, I didn't even think to preview it. <laughs> I just ignored it basically. And in You're the regretting end, I that it, so, now. Yeah. Well, I am and I I'm not kind of because like it was a t it's certainly a TV event. So this actually turned out to be a spoof, a mockumentary, a fake, a deliberate fake, in which Greg Wallace plays himself just finding more about this mysterious meat that turns out to be made of human <laughs> human flesh, right? Yeah. And basically it's like a, um, it's like a cross between, you know, Ghost Watch, which was that legendary, oh, um, yeah, God, spoof documentary. Which, that's the best. Yeah. That's the best one ever. Yeah, of course, absolutely, hundred percent the best one. Which, which had like Michael Parkinson and Sarah Green of the time um, pre- presenting a show as if they're trying to find ghosts, and it was brilliantly realistic and fantastic. Um, anyway, this was slightly less realistic, fantastic. But it has a similar kind of tone to it because it had real Greg Wallace and other real, like you know, chefs and people, plus actors playing the people who create the, the people who gave their bits of their bodies to make this meat, right? And it ended up with him going to visit the children's unit, and where they said, oh, "Yeah, no. no, yeah, it went too quite far. far. No, no, too no. far. No, well, but this is, th- but it had to. This is super whack. It is super whack. But the whole reason why they ended up with the children bit is because it's based on, it's a spin on Jonathan Swift's satirical essay, A Modest Proposal, as I'm sure you all know, in which he suggested <laughs> eating babies as a solution to hunger in Ireland. And so it was a satire. He didn't really, he, he, he pretended to suggest that because it was a satire on the grotesque exploitation of Ireland at the time and the hunger. And, and this similarly is actually a satirical thing. And the point it's making, in a, in a, and I have to say rather clunky, clumsy way but it is making a valid point is that how you know we're in such a state at the moment in this country with the you know with people on the poverty line is that you know that it could end up with a situation where they're creating meat out of human flesh anyway but the what i say is right it's, it's worth watching because to see how far they go with this spoof thing but kudos to greg wallace i have to say because he's actually really good in it like have you, have you ever seen mm. yeah have you seen his inside he's a good sport he's a really good he always sport. has been yeah and have you seen his inside the factory shows on bbc2 you know where he goes and watches how like digestive biscuits are made mm, and how stuff. things are made yeah He's incredibly enthusiastic about everything, and he's got this unbelievable enthusiasm in uh, the right in this show. And then, as it goes along, he slowly realizes that it's appalling what's happening. Like he sits around the table with all the executives of this company, and they're all going, "Yes, we are going to get use children." And he kind of, and he has to act. He has to act horrified, and he's really good at acting. I have to say, give him credit. So, okay, well, I don't think anyone should ever eat babies, but I will say that no. butter, <laughs> butter nowadays is like Not a fiber. <laughs> no, I just want to say not that. Point. We should definitely, in the end, it was not. I should make it clear, listeners. He's not advocating eating babies, and nor is the show. But it was a spoof. Imagine if we got to the point where companies were doing this. This is classic Channel Four, though. Isn't yeah, it? It's yeah, what they yeah. do. They do. Yeah. You know, they push the. Yeah, yeah it's like goes back to the brass eye. You know, the Chris oh, Morris yeah. things. Yeah, you know, remember when he did the fake drugs and all that? Yeah, it's, it had a very similar quality to that. Um, so yeah, who does Channel Four doing? Because it was daring and. I think in the end, I, I was trying to work out if I'd been watching it live, which I did. I just watched it back on channel4.com, which is now their catch up service. It's not called All Four or any, anymore or whatever. You can just. I will always call course. it All Four. Um, you know. I think if I'd been watching it live, I would have realized quite quickly that it wasn't real, in quotes, you know. Mm. But who knows? Some people were taken in, some people complained to Channel Four and stuff. So, you know, yeah, because I read the article about people complaining and then saw that picture of him with yeah. a big slap of me. But like I yeah. said, you know, when in, we're living in times when butter is like a fiver, you have to take out a second mortgage to yeah. buy your shopping. So, you know. I'm not, I'm not saying now definitely eat children. I'm saying don't <laughs> eat children. I'm just empathizing that it's very expensive. 
Yeah. It co- the cost of living crisis. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The cult. Anyway, that. No. <laughs> anyway, that's what I've been watching. That's what we've all been watching this week. Maybe now, I don't know. I can't remember the format. Um, I had to chat with Kay yesterday. Neither <laughs> of us could remember. But at some point, we bring in an interview. Let's do that now. This is my interview with the great Michael Sheen, one of our foremost actors. He played Tony Blair three times in three separate things. He played Brian Clough, the legendary football manager. He played Chris Tarrant, the legendary TV quiz show host. Um, he himself, he played himself in stage, the brilliant um, uh, kind of Zoom-based comedy that he does with David Tennant. And in Good Omens, he plays the angel as Arafael. And the second series of that has just landed on Prime Video. I had a lovely chat with him. And this was recorded. I must make this absolutely clear. This was recorded before the actor strike in the US because um, you know now actors aren't doing much publicity at all because that effectively means they cross the picket line. And uh, But he would never do that. So this was recorded a few weeks ago. We talk about Good Omens and uh, Naked John Hamm. Enjoy. Hi, Michael. How's it going? Yeah, good. Thanks, Boyd. How are you? Yeah, very well. Very well. Um, I always remember when I think I think of you, you talked about on the David Tennant's podcast, how when you have to do publicity for something and uh, like you get, particularly photo shoots, you get very grumpy. But um, <laughs> presume hopefully you're not so grumpy today. Uh, no, I'm not grumpy today. No. Good, good. Um, good Omen Series 2. Congratulations on another fabulously uh, entertaining series. It's been four years since the first season. What's what's been the delay? <laughs> um, I don't know, really. Um, it's just yeah, it's just taken a while. These things have to be written, I guess. I mean, there was no, there was no uh, uh, anticipation that there was going to be anything more than than the first series, you know, because obviously it was an adaptation of of the book, and so I always knew that there was more story because um, Neil always talked about. Uh, how he and Terry Pratchett had, had had talked about where the story could go and ideas about it, but we just you know thought we were just turning up to do the the one series, and then I guess uh, it became clear that there was an appetite for more, and I think because Neil felt that he and Terry had gone over where they would where they could go with it, I think that gave him the the the, the confidence to to sort of explore it. Um, but then I guess it had to be written <laughs> and it, these things take a while. And also there was, you know, a couple of things that have happened in between as well. That Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. It's also a kind of, it's, it's an, it's an interesting mix of comedy and spectacular kind of fantasy sci-fi as well. So I guess there's a lot of post-production going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, when we filmed this, my partner Anna was in the sort of earliest stages of being pregnant with our, our daughter, and uh, she had her first birthday last May. So that's how long it's taken to wow. to get. Here, you know, wow. um, but yeah, th- yeah. There's a there's a lot of effects and and stuff that has to happen afterwards. Um, so that always makes a difference. Yeah, but I think the um, it, it's funny saying about the the effects and everything because we've been talking about how the fact that this story takes place uh, in such a sort of epic world. You know, it's heaven and hell and this, all that mm-hmm. sort of size of everything. 
I think the kind of comedy of it, in a way, and the enjoy part of the enjoyment of it comes from how domestic it really gets. You know, how it's ultimately yeah. about just the kind of messiness of of what goes on between people, or in this case, supernatural beings. Um, indeed, but it is that indeed. contrast of the two. But it does mean that it takes a long time for it to be <laughs> for it to be yeah. uh, finished. And this this kind of double act you formed with David Tennant is is kind of it, it, it's so fascinating because this you, you didn't hadn't really worked together much before Good Omens one. No, we'd Actually, been in something together, but we hadn't acted together in it, and we'd right. known each other sort of socially for a long time. But um, but no, it was it was through doing this that we became so close. And what is it about? Because you, you went on to make stage together. The whole the, the whole thing is a fascinating. I mean, what, how does it feel? Is it fun to be part of essentially a double act, having done so many kind of you know roles over the years where you've been the focus or you've been a key character? Is it very different to be to have the two of you as the focus of a show? It is. It's it's kind of wonderful. You know, I mean, this is actually quite rare what I'm doing now, because when we whenever we talk about good omens, it's usually both of us, <laughs> and, right. uh, which makes it a lot easier in in all kinds of ways. But um, I think I think I'm sure any other actor uh, who has sort of found someone else who they enjoy acting with so much um, will probably say the same thing, that it's it's a combination of both. When you're acting together, that that dynamic seems to work somehow. I mean, it's it seems to work with these two characters, but also then in staged as well. We found, you know, it's it does seem to translate into other work and other characters and other stories. Um, so there's that. Just the 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 the, um, the way you just sort of bounce off each other and and play with each other in that sense. And then there's obviously the other side of it, which is how you get on when you're not working. Because <laughs> with, you know, something like Good Omens, which takes a long time to film, four or five months to film, you spend a lot of time together. So, and I think what we have found together is that not only do we really enjoy that dynamic of how we work together, but it's just very easy, you know, when we're not working together there's no there's no ego and there's no there's nothing else there's nothing extraneous to it you know it's just very easy and pleasant and we have a nice time together and then we just really enjoy when we're in front of the camera or you know or on stage or whatever so i feel very fortunate that that's the case and i hope we can continue we'll just have to get other people to write things for us now <laughs> yeah right yeah it reminds me of um rob bryden and steve coogan you know who met didn't they um, doing the Michael Winterbottom film. Then they went on to do the trip together and they became, I think it's very pleasurable to be in the company of two performers who just get on and have a kind of ease with each other. And same with you two. Like, I think it's very, there's something very pleasurable about just watching you hang out and shoot the fat and bounce right, off each yeah. other. Well, especially I think in, if, if there's friction between the characters, you know what I mean? That's right. partly what I think is very enjoyable with, with Good Omens and, and I guess with Staged for us to play is that it's not just two people who get along, you know, it's two people who bump up against each other all the time. And that's what makes the dynamic kind of work and enjoyable. And with Staged, particularly, I think in part, you know, we're, we're sort of, you know, taking the piss out of ourselves really and what we do in Staged and to be able to feel comfortable enough with someone to be able to do that, which I guess Rob and Steve, you know, did as well. Um, that that makes all the difference then, because then you can push how far you can go, and um, you know the, the, a lot of takes would break down because we might be improvising stuff and and making fun of each other, and and the worse the worse it was, the funnier it got, and then it would end up just we'd have to stop filming because we were laughing yeah. too much. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Um, what do you think it is about? Yeah, I know you're a fan of Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett of the of the novel and going back years, you know, when you were younger. What is it about, particularly about Neil's work 
and the tone of his stuff that, that you think is so special? Well, I think for me, I mean, I first started reading his stuff when I was at drama school, so I would have been about 19. And uh, the first thing I read was uh, one of the Sandman, Sandman collected um, graphic novels. Um, and and then quite soon after that, I guess I must have read Good Omens as well. But it it was the um, it was the it was the sort of subjects he was interested in, which I was interested in as well, like mythology and literature and philosophy and religion and serial killers and you know the whole sort of extraordinary things and the and the the sort of um, issues that he wanted to tackle, like goodness, goodness and evil, and uh, you know they're big, weighty things, but he does it in such an accessible and entertaining way. And so to come across something that had, you know, Shakespeare in it, and and Greek mythology, and Norse mythology, and and like I say, a serial killer convention, and 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 fantasy elements, and fairy tale elements, and all this sort of stuff. Um, and ultimately, I suppose everything always comes back with Neil to something very simple and and basic and and to do with, you know, human connection. And I think in Good Omens, in the world of Good Omens with Terry as well, for all the kind of huge, spectacular, epic nature of it, it's always something very simple. It's always about these supernatural beings being more human than the humans. Mm. And it's always about their flaws and, and, and how they're never quite up to the task and they have to kind of rely on each other for it. So it's something very, very human and, and simple about uh, at the heart of everything. And I think that it's the combination of those two things for me that, uh, that has made me kind of fall in love with Neil's work over the years. Um, it sort of seems to speak to the two sides of myself as well, where I love things that are fantastical and huge and epic and apocalyptic. And yet at the same time, ultimately, I just want to be moved by something that, you know, reminds me of what it's like to, to be alive. I love the fact that in the in the, this series kind of has a kind of mystery element to it as well that you're you know you as Raphael is trying to find out what the hell's going on with Gabriel and this song this recurring song and that that's, it feels like a slightly different tone to it than the first series that that, that mystery storyline. Yeah, I suppose there's something a bit more linear about this story. Yeah. I guess sort of uh, using Aziraphale and Crowley's relationship as the kind of spine of this a lot more um, and then telling a, a, a more linear tale. But, you know, there's still all the kind of absurd and, and ridiculous things going on around it and, and the apocalyptic uh, things going on around it. But, um, but yes, it pushes forward in a, in a more linear way. I'd sort of forgotten, really, because it's, it's been so many years now, but how, how much Aziraphale and Crowley were just sort of one element of the first story, you know, of, of the first book, and how, how many different storylines they were juggling there. Um, whereas in this one, I think it's, um, there's still a lot of, you know, we still travel through time and, and, and go to different time periods, and there's lots of other characters and huge things going on. But I suppose by, by having that relationship, as the central kind of piece of this, it, it it tends to make it seem more linear. Yeah, and it's very exciting to see John Ham naked. Frankly, um, in the always very excited yeah. to see John Ham naked. Um, yeah, and it is strange that in this uh, into this kind of odd marriage that uh, Aziraphale and Crowley seem to have comes this very strange child that they have to look after, <laughs> which seemed somehow yes. perfect. It was a, a very good dynamic to to play, and I think I hope it will be enjoyable for an audience to watch as well. Oh, it's brilliant! Enjoy. Yeah. Did did do you, do you know if uh, did did John have a body double? Is that all him? Him? I, th I think it's all it. John's own work. Yeah, yeah. I seem to remember, you know. Glorying in the uh, in 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 the ham 
buttocks. Um, <laughs> I don't think there was any. Uh, I don't think any animals were harmed in the filming of it. <laughs> uh, you have to hand it to Johnny. This legendary man from Mad Men, one of the greatest TV shows of all time, just dropping trow, as we say, for the well, sake. Of- yeah, I mean, the thing about John it, that a lot of people don't know, I guess, is just how how funny he is and how into comedy is. I mean, he knows more about British TV comedy than, right. you know, most British uh, actors do. Um, he's a real kind of aficionado of comedy and, and he is hilarious. I mean, he, it's, it's very rare that you'll get uh, uh, something from him that isn't a joke in some way or funny in some way. So it's great to see that coming out more in this as well. But he was, yes, he's always ready to do something for a laugh, to be honest. <laughs> I bet one more question. I have to ask you about this, your project that you're directing, The Way, with James Graham and Adam Curtis involved. This is one extraordinary team <laughs> you brought together. Uh, can you briefly tell us what it's about and what it's, what, you know, how it kind of Yeah, together? well, we, we've developed it over the last five or six years, uh, to be honest. I mean, it, it, we were it, partly because the pandemic kind of got in the way of it in the middle. But um, it's a story that we've, yeah, we developed together and it's all, uh, it starts off in my hometown in Port Talbot in South Wales. Um, and it, um, it focuses on a family from Port Talbot who ultimately uh, have to escape and get out of uh, their hometown, leave their hometown behind um, because of the uh, breakdown that's going on there. And, um, and they have to flee and become sort of refugees in their own land. Um and it's uh, they got they go on this sort of journey across across Britain to try and get across the Channel, and we follow them this very fractured family as they kind of try and escape for their lives. That sounds fascinating. Can't wait to see it. Thanks so much, Michael. Thank you. That was the great Michael Sheen. What a dude! Uh, and now let's move on. Oh, let's move on. Shall we do the listener question? I think we do the listener question. Um, oh, let me remind before we do that. Let me remind the listeners. There are tickets still available for our live show. Oh, yeah. Our live show on August the 19th, which is, yes, it's a Saturday night. Okay, James arranged it. He booked it on a Saturday night because obviously he has no <laughs> life and never goes out and spends more Saturday nights in watching, you know, hard sci-fi. Star Trek. Star Trek, mm-hmm. yeah. Star Trek The Next Generation or whatever, Deep Space Nine. But this is taking place on a Saturday evening. I think it starts at 7 o'clock, King's Place, London. I haven't got the link, but if you Google King's Place, London and pilot tv podcast you'll find it how much tickets are, they? are very good they're very good value steph i don't know how much they are i think they're like <gasps> okay. 10, 15 pounds maybe maybe can i have a free um, ticket absolutely not okay, okay. yes no. i'm nodding but i'm saying i'm saying no but my you, face is saying yes. you can have a free ticket but liam liam P. george your husband has to pay mm-hmm. 30 quid is that absolutely fair? fine by me yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely okay. fine i'll tell him okay. that they're 30 uh, pounds but then everyone should come it. along please please do come along we want to see you yeah we're gonna. We're having a bake off. We, we're baking with. Oh um, wow! Yeah, yeah. Um, and we're gonna have special guests. At least one special guest, hopefully. Although I haven't yet been confirmed, but hopefully, fingers crossed, <laughs> it will be very soon. In this, in this instance, Boyd is our celebrity booker, and um, yeah, yeah, it's fraught. It is. We Are you gonna have like a big, a big screen? Thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think there's okay. a big screen. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm saying I'll, this because James, I, James loves a big screen. You have to have a big screen. Yeah. But you know what you could do? You could ask him. I don't know if either of you have ever been to James' house, but he has basically like a room in his house, which is kind of a den of like Star Trek and like all of those like things, those fantastic shows. But it's like you walk into it and it's one of those rooms where nothing's opened. You know, all the dolls are, you know, in their in their packaging still. And it's it's really dark in there i'm just thinking he could bring a picture in and you have like sort of a virtual tour of that room of what he would be doing on that saturday night i think that'd be fun hold on you've 
You've been to James Dyer's Inner Sanctum. Yeah, I mean, he is my actual friend. I know it sounds like, a, you know, but he is an actual friend of mine. So, yeah, I have been. I have. Inner Sanctum sounds, it, mm. we're not that close, but I do really like it. Okay, him. Yeah. okay. Yeah. You haven't you haven't fully fully probed his Inner Sanctum, but you've... you've, you've, you've <laughs> okay, oh, let's, let's look. He's not here to defend himself. I'm standing up for him and say, let's not talk about his Inner Sanctum okay, anymore. Okay. okay, anyway. But we all love James. Yeah. It's all good. He's going to be there on the night as is Boyd, as, am I, as, as is a mystery guest. <gasps> and we will be um, baking some treats. Is it a mystery? And I it, don't bake. Is it a mystery so. guest because you haven't booked them yet? Or is it a mystery guest that you know about who's really exciting? Uh, we're, it might be the former, let's say the latter. Okay. Full, full, <laughs> full disclosure, which we're, we're in the process of booking the mystery guest. Yeah. So okay. we can't confirm it yet, but hopefully, hopefully it will be confirmed soon. Um, <gasps> so, but without further, so yeah, please buy tickets for the live show. It will be, it will be a joyous. And by, uh, what I was going to say was, it is a Saturday night, right? I know, you know, you want to go out and party. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, who knows? <laughs> but it will be done. We sound 100. It will be done by like, 10, you know, at the latest. So you can still go on and have a wild night, you know, in town, in London's fashionable West Maybe, End. maybe James Dara will come along with you and have a wild night with you, eh? Well, that's I mean, how to get dream. people along. Um, I think we all know that he goes to bed very no, he'll be straight home. home. Um, now, where can you buy these tickets? At King's Place, um, whatever the website is for King's Place. Google King's Place. Okay, Lloyd, <laughs> oh, you cannot tell oh people God. it's a Google like I tell you. Okay, no, I feel like I feel like we're letting James down at this moment. Okay. Like, let me look. He it doesn't up even. He, he, he admits know. he doesn't even know the URL, the, the, the website. He's okay, fine. you cannot ask these people to like buy tickets to we can buy tickets to in buy a place. You don't buy tickets that you don't know how much they cost. Get okay, them listen. Where you don't know where they it's are. It's all good. Go on. Thank you, Kay. Listeners, go to kingsplace.co.uk where you'll find a little tab to book tickets. And uh, I'm not going to look up the prices because you can do that on your own. But yeah, please head to the website. There you Just go. Just a little dose go. of professionalism. Yep. That's all we need. Uh, 100%. <laughs> now then, we've done the interview. We've done the plug for the live show. We've done what we've been watching. I believe next on the agenda for this format is the listener question. And this week, it comes from Gillian Simpson. Thank you, Gillian. Gillian says, question for the pod post bag. You've done the top shows of the year so far. Yes, we have. And that is online. If you go to uh, Empire Magazine online, you'll see, and the TV bit, you'll see our pick of the best shows of the year so far, top 20. But, and she says, but where was Ted Lasso, by the way? I thought Ted Lasso was in it, but maybe it wasn't. Controversial. Sorry about that. Um, But what are your top individual episodes of the year so far? Okay, that's a great question, Gillian. Steph, what is your answer? Okay. Um, I spend most of my time watching an car- Australian cartoon called Bluey. Anybody out there who has children <laughs> will know exactly what that is. It is fantastic. I'm not going to give you my best episode of that. Um, my best episode, things I've watched this year, I, oh, this is really difficult, but I think I'm going to have to go. Series Black Mirror, Ovs, Charlie Brooker, absolute TV god. And the episode, unsurprisingly for me, will be Locke Henry. Have you yes. guys seen that episode? Yes. Absolutely, yes. I have not. Okay. Why is it good? Because that's so like the true good. crime episode. This is the true crime episode, but it it is. It unsurprisingly holds up a mirror to true crime entertainment. So I kind of watched it and I was like, oh, I'm a terrible person. So it's a young boy who go, takes his new girlfriend back to his home um, in a remote, on a remote island where his, to, to his mum's house. And he's going back there to like make a documentary. And then I don't want to give anything away because it's so fantastic. But um, 
it all turns very nasty. They find out there's been this, this historical murders there and it's how it all unfolds. It's absolutely brilliant, but it holds a mirror up to true crime and how we document true crime and how we use it as entertainment. And it's just Charlie Brooker kinds of all kinds of clever, but it's brilliant. If you haven't watched that episode, then please watch it. Very pertinent to you, of course, as the editor of of Crime. I know. I had to really sit down and have a think about myself. (laughs) And then you carried on. (laughs) After five minutes, yeah, then I just carried on editing. That's all right. (laughs) I agree. that It is a brilliant episode because it does, it kind of satirizes, isn't it, a bit, the whole genre of the mm-hmm. true crime documentary, which is has taken over, I mean, the whole of the world in the last few years. Hence your creation of the Fantastic Crime magazine. Um, but at the same time, it is in itself an incredibly mm. satisfying thriller, isn't it? Kind of like it's it's quite a, a, a disturbing. It's almost like borderline horror film, isn't it? In oh, many ways, God, and yeah, so, it yeah. really is. And I can't remember the name of the other one, which is um, oh, it's got uh, Zazie Beetz in the one about the Paps. That other episode, yes. do you remember which that? Yes, one? Uh, of course. Oh God, yes. that's incredible as well. I mean, they're all obviously all the Black Mirrors are brilliant. Maisie Day, that is Maisie that Day. Yeah. Yes. Have yes. you watched? Do it's you watch? Good. Have you watched any Black Mirrors, Kay? Yeah, I've watched the first one. I just haven't. Um, I didn't continue watching just because so much other stuff to watch. You're, but you're, I do. You're a busy I do lady. Enjoy it. We watched the one with you know the first one. The one Everybody where it was hates very Joan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joan is yeah. awful. Yeah. Yeah. Joan is awful. Yeah. Everybody We're hates close. Joan. No, I'm thinking yeah. everybody hates Chris. Different show. Mm. Totally different yeah. show. Yeah. yeah. Totally different show. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's a good awful. show though, because because uh, one of my choices would be I um, hosted the Q and A. Obviously, for um, this series of Black Mirror, and we did the one the, about the astronauts beyond the sea. Oh. Yeah, yeah, um, which is devastating, absolutely devastating. And it's... that's got Josh Hartnett and Aaron Paul and Kate Mara in it. Josh Hartnett, was... by the way, I... who did, yeah, yeah, he took part in the Q and A, and he's a lovely, lovely guy. And of course, he's now in um, in um, in Oppenheimer. And quite a prominent role in Oppenheimer. He's and, made um, such an amazing comeback because yeah. I was like, oh God, I'm so pleased to see him because you know what? I feel like I haven't seen him for ages and he was yeah, so brilliant. good in that Black Mirror. So, so good. So good. And he's, he's also still an astonishingly handsome and, and, and a lovely guy. So yeah. Oh, he's got um, But yeah, Rudd one of my vibes. choices would be yeah. Beyond the Sea, that episode yeah. of, Black, of Black Mirror as well. Kay, what about you? Um, sorry, the reason why I was quiet, I was just looking up the titles of my one. So obviously we have to talk about The Bear and um episode six i mean episode seven with uh which is all about richie is my favorite in terms of being most moving but in terms of spectacle the fishes episode episode six which we've discussed at length so i won't talk about well we discussed um, it we discussed it on the uh, pilot tv plus where we did a spoiler special oh, this okay. week well um so for our, I don't for our talk- beloved pilot tv plus subscribers who are the best people in the world they can listen to us drone witchering on about the whole series can't they and we do we have yeah. spoiler, including spoilers, including, um, we, and we do talk about that episode. But I just wanted to mention that that, that is there to 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 listen to. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It was a. Do you know what is a fun spoiler chat? Yeah. Actually, we all got into it because we all love this second season um, and think it's even better than the first. So, episode six, fishes for the bed, a hundred percent. And then succession wise, I was thinking there's a, there are many episodes to choose from, but I've plumped for Connor's wedding. Because that is, and there's no spoilers here, but there's an absolute turning point for the whole of the series and the Roy family and um, just to see how each of the children dealt with some news they were um, delivered was just extraordinary and see the impact of the news on the family. So, yep. That was my second choice. And then for my third one. You're doing a lot um, of choices uh, this week. That's that's impressive. Obviously, traditionally, Steph, as you know, 
Kay likes to only pick one answer to each question. I it's know, just a question. That's doesn't that's like, yeah. I, didn't, I know. You know what? Should I tell you what's happening? James is off. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I just thought, you know what? He's off. And also, I think the listener wanted more than one. I felt like she wanted more than yeah. one answer. So oh, I thought okay. I'd give three. Okay. Yeah, so I thought I'd give three. Um, and the third one is Colin from Accounts. And oh. I was trying to I was trying to choose just one episode and I, I couldn't actually pick. So I thought, you know what, the first one, just because it instantly, within those five minutes, you know, lures you in with the whole uh, conceit, the whole thing. You know, the boob reveal, the, the meet cute, all of that, Colin. Um, yeah, so I'm going for episode one of Colin from Accounts. Wow. Okay. Well, if you do care about my favorite episode of Bluey, it is the Pass the Parcel episode, which is enjoyable for everyone <laughs> because it's all about how Pass the Parcel nowadays, you have to have a present in every layer and you just don't get one present in the middle. And anybody out there yeah. who has children mm, will yeah. appreciate I'm sure I'm that. I'm not down with that, actually. Well, okay, that's what that whole episode about. It's hilarious. You know, your, your Bluey, funnily enough, is what, you know um, Tom Davis, uh, our, our, our great friend and yeah, comedy, I love Tom comedian, Davis. actor. Yeah. yeah, he is well into Bluey. He talks about Bluey on the on the Wolf in Our podcast. Yes, the greatest, um, it's the greatest kids TV show ever because yeah. you can watch it with your child and you get, it's one of those incredibly clever things where you get a layer of adult humour and the children don't understand it. So it's hilariously funny. Bluey. Available on BBC iPlayer and also on Netflix. I would go for uh, so uh, Succession. I mean, it, you could just choose every single episode, and I can mm. I can see why you chose that episode. I, I think I would pick the finale. I just yeah, think I would too. It's one of the great yeah, it's one of the yeah. greatest TV finales of all time. They talk about stuck the landing. They stuck the landing magnificently, mm. and just to have ninety minutes in the company of those characters was like the biggest treat of all time ever. So. I would pick the finale. Yeah. Um, there's that episode three of The Last of Us. Do you know about this, Steph? You, oh, you, yeah. You watch? Yeah, the yeah. computer ch- the co- computer game show thing that turned into a phenomenon <laughs> TV yeah. show. Right. Yeah. I bet right. James exactly. loved that. Exactly. Oh. He's, at, James oh, he's obsessed. He's obsessed. James has interviewed everyone involved in this yeah, show. Yeah, of course. He pretty much co-created it, I think, in his head, <laughs> at least. Um, oh, but it has, you know, thingy, what's, why can't I remember his name? I can't remember anything. Your friend, Boyd, who's the main guy in it, absolutely gorgeous. What's his name? Um, Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. Pedro I've Pascal. Met him, I've met him twice, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy to call him my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. And Bella Ramsey. Yeah, he's, he's accompanying Bella Ramsey across America because there's like an outbreak of, of fungal yeah. fungal nightmares, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. But the, the third episode is, the, is already legendary. This is the episode. It's called Long, Long Time. It's directed by Peter Hoare, who directed It's a Sin. Here, British, great British director, and it's and it completely, it's like its own little story and it, big story even, and it takes, talks about this 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 these two men who who meet against the backdrop of the of the apocalypse, basically of the fungal apocalypse, and they form fun times, fun times, and they form a relationship. And I won't say much more than that because there's still as we we have to be aware of not spoiling anything, especially because I spoil things every single episode. Um, but it is one of the great single episodes of any TV show of all time. That third episode of um the last of us for sure then and the, the bear uh, yeah we talked about the bear I, I loved the episode um the episode with the forks which which is that is episode six isn't it yeah. you know, sorry can i just ask yeah. about Gillian's question no, no, episode six is episode six is fishes episode six is fishes yeah. and episode seven yeah. i thought forks. it might be called forks because because he's literally throwing the forks yeah, yeah i know yeah. Sorry, <laughs> so, Steph, yes you know Gillian's fantastic question is she talk- like 
is this in the last year episode? Yes. Or is it this oh, just year. in the last year? This year. This okay. calendar year. Yeah, okay, I believe. Fantastic. Because okay. you, yeah, you wanted to pick another one. You wanted to pick, what was it you wanted to pick originally? And I said it was last year. So my original choice was going to be from the old man. Yes. But Boyd pointed out to me that technically that was last year. So that wasn't one of my choices, Gillian. But I do love the old man. But yes, those are our answers to your question. Thank you very much. Um, and now we move on, Steph. I keep suggesting this to you because, you know, you're new to the format, to yes. TV news. What, pray tell? Now, obviously, apart from the fucking um, writers and actors strike, which is still going on, and it's going to affect us more and more because, like, I think quite mm. soon we're going to run out of certainly big star actors to to interview because they're not doing – they're counting publicity as – crossing the picket line effectively. And even British actors who are not even part of the um, American acting SAG, etc., are kind of coming out in support of them. And a lot of them aren't doing interviews, etc. So anyway, bottom line is it's affecting things quite a lot. I was going to ask something about that. What are, what, um, are talk shows like Graham Norton going to do? It's a very good question. I think they are, they are to use the not to put too fine a point on it, fucked. Yeah, I mean, luckily we're in the, mm. we're in the summer hiatus of talk shows. I don't think there are any... Like Jonathan Ross and Graham Norton aren't on at the moment, are they? So luckily for them. So I, maybe they'll delay yeah. the return of them. I mean, they might have to, I guess. Um, or all the guests will be presenters or contestants on reality shows. You know, it'll be like uh, <laughs> the host of uh, MasterChef. Yeah, Greg Wallace will come on. Greg Wallace will be on everything. He can just be in every single Greg will be on talking about his meat, his fake yeah. meat, his baby meat. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but absolutely, but news, news. Kay, what news, news have you got? Okay, this is exciting news just probably for me and maybe a couple of listeners, but Virgin River has finally confirmed its premiere date for season five. It's going to land on Netflix on September the 7th. And this time around, they're doing it in two parts. So there's going to be 10 eps landing on the 7th of September. And then apparently there'll be two special holiday episodes dropping on the 30th of November, which I'm quite excited about. So we're going to get a 12-ep run um, of um, Virgin River. And then the other thing... Virgin River, just to say, Virgin River is the Netflix kind of like swoonsome romantic drama. Is that right? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I think I have talked about mm. before on this. And I think, there was, I think there was at least one other listener who was quite excited about it. It's just a very easy watch. Um, and yeah. Yeah. I've got well into it. So season five's back. And then Celebrity Race Across the World. Now, I know we don't talk about, you know, reality shows so much on here, but I do feel like Race Across the World just generally is similar to Traitors in that I just think it's one of these formats that re works really well and that you get really into it. And this is the celebrity version of it. I have to say the lineup's been confirmed of um, Alex Beresford, Harry Judd, uh, Mel Blatt and... Channel 4 Formula 1 um, pundit Billy Munger, who actually I didn't know so much. But anyway, they'll be paired up with members of their family and they'll be racing across the world within a time limit and a certain budget. But I was kind of underwhelmed when I saw the lineup, yet I always, when I'm like this, I always think of Strictly where a new season begins. I'm usually kind of underwhelmed by that lineup and then I become obsessed because it's all about literally the journey in this case for Race Across the World. So I, I'm confident I'll get into it. So for anyone um, excited about that, those are who are going to be appearing. Yeah, Billy Munger is the is the um, he's yeah he's got a fantastic story to tell yeah of his life. So he's 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 yeah he's more interesting. You might think he's not just um, a racing correspondent; he's a former racing driver as well. Oh, okay. So it has a very fascinating story that people um, will know about or people can find out about. But yeah, I mean it's a, it's the format, isn't it? Race across the world. It's a fantastic mm -hmm. format. 
Yeah. Did you watch Race Across the World, Steph? I don't. I don't watch Race Across the World because generally I have to say I don't watch reality shows. Um, I know. Steph, it is good. It really is good. Yeah. Okay, maybe because you've said it, I'm going to give it. I mean, is it literally they? Is it one of those things where like they get a certain amount of cash and they have to just race other contestants across the world? I mean, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, it, right. Okay. Literally. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but it is. It's really good. Steph, any new TV news? Oh, I have you- some new. T- I ha- right. Okay, if you love crime documentaries, crime TV. You, mu- you must know about Crime and Investigation Channel, okay? If you go to Crime and Investigation Play, you'll find on there that I've got a little thing which says, oh, these are all the shows that I've enjoyed on Crime and Investigation Play. Sealand's <gasps> oh, Pit. Oh, yeah. Yours. I know, like an actual proper person. Like a, like a, like a playlist almost. Yeah, like, like a, this is yeah. what I, yeah, I know. Wow. Who knew? I know, I know. <laughs> this is brilliant. So what have you been recommending this so, time around? What I'm going to talk about now is... Okay, so you know the whole Real Housewives franchise, you know, so they go everywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm aware of it. Yeah. Right. So, dropping on 31st of July, we have the Real Murders of Orange County. Oh, no, 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 don't make that face, Kay. People can't see if she's looking at, like, no, right, you know, this is, Orange County is one of those places where Americans who have lots of money live in gated communities called, you know, like, Dream Fluff and Lake Forest and Ocean <laughs> paradise and stuff like that and they're all like oh no we're going to live in a gated community because nothing ever happens in gated communities if you move to a gated community Mm. you're going down someone is going to get murdered and then you know someone comes home and they're like oh no oh you know the house was in disarray and blah 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 and then they found out that they owed millions of pounds and blah 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 you know all their kids shot them it's one of those anyway new series of that which is gonna be fantastic and also 7th of august do you guys know who graham hill is no, who is he? Uh, Graham Hill is a murder detective, form and a criminologist, and he has got a new series called Murder Detective, unsurprisingly, with Graham Hill. And he's going to take, yeah. So, and he goes through those cases and talks about how they were solved and all that. And he is absolutely fantastic. So, if you love crime, go to Crime and Investigations. It's brilliant. I have to just mention there is a brand new season of. 60 Days in the Jail. Have you ever heard of... This is a kind of reality show. I have heard... Yeah, I've heard yeah, of it. I've heard of it, yeah. Right. So if you don't know the premise of this show, it is... Con- I don't want to call them contestants. Volunteers go undercover in prison for 60 days, right? So the guards don't know about it. The other inmates don't know about it. Oh, and to, I, right, to, to try and kind of- Who would want to do I know, this? It's, I know, it's really fascinating though. Um, this is my. This is one of my nightmares. But they, like, yeah. This is one of my but worst case try, scenarios. Like why would someone opt but they, to do they this? they get a cover story and everything and, they, and, they, and then they try and kind of solve and help solve crimes by, like, <laughs> by being in jail, by pretending to be prisoners, which I know sounds, to use your phrase, cuckoo bong. It sounds- but it's very entertaining. Yeah. Anyway, there's a new series of that. So crime investigation, that's that's your destination. One last thing though, this really is the last yes. thing. Have you talked about the new Netflix? You're like Columbo. The new Netflix <laughs> um, offering. Take the, the, the new take on the opioid crisis is going to be a series called Painkiller. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. You talked about that. It's going to be really good. Um, not only um, am I aware of it, I've actually started <gasps> watching it, but it's strictly embargoed. Um, oh. And again, that'll be one I think we'll do on Pilot Plus soon because it's embargoed I think almost until the day it goes out but yeah it's oh, interesting be I cannot wait I have missed Matthew Broderick and I cannot wait to see yeah. how he fares in this Broderick's in it you know yeah. Broderick's you know Broderick's doing a stage um, show in the yeah. new year with, with his wife SJP yeah. of not only that yeah. but that is exciting in itself right but 
The play they're doing, which is Plaza Suite, Neil Simon's Plaza Suite, is one of the film of that show is one of my favorite films of all time. In which, oh, wow. yeah, and it's a compendium of three or four different stories, all set in a Plaza Hotel in New York. And in the film, all of the um, stories feature Walter Matthau doing different roles, and he is absolutely hilarious. There's one in which it's the wedding day of his daughter, and she's locked herself in the bathroom and won't come out on her wedding day, and the wedding reception is happening downstairs. And he is so funny in that segment particularly. And so I can't wait to see how Broderick, I I assume Broderick will be playing different roles in the four different um, stories as well. So is this on Broadway? No, in the West End. Is it the West End? No, they're coming to the West End. It's so exciting. Because I knew they were Broadway. Because Matthew Broderick is kind of the darling of Broadway, isn't he? He He really is. He's just like absolute legend. But that's why I'm really excited to see him in Painkiller because I haven't seen him on the small screen for a long, long time. Um, Did you see the announcement of ITV's forthcoming COVID-19 drama, which is called Breathtaking? And it stars Joanne Frogat. It's written by Rachel Clark, who wrote a book on which it's based. She was a frontline hospital consultant and she wrote a book about um, the whole COVID-19 and what it was actually like to be a doctor in that hell time, hellish time. But not only is it written by her, it's co-written by her with Prasanna Puanajara and Jed Mercurio, no less. The legend. And Jed and Prasanna, what they have in common is they've worked together on stuff before. They're both Um, ex-doctors. Jed Mercurio is a doctor? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I can't believe two. I didn't know that. He started out as a doctor. As Boyd would say, famous. Famously. Oh, I'm so sorry, Jed. And wrote um, medical dramas. You know, his first couple of series that he wrote were, were brilliant medical dramas, uh, both of them. And, I didn't realise um, he himself was an actual doctor. That is yeah, yeah, insane. Yeah. How yeah. can one person have so many talents? I know. Yeah. And Prasanna, I know, it's annoying. Prasanna is now an actor, a successful actor, and I think he creates stuff as well. Um, he, yeah, he was a doctor as well. So they're both um, involved, all three of them, have written this uh, series. It's a three-part series. They finished filming it. They kept it secret because they finished filming it in Northern Ireland earlier this year and didn't announce it at all. And it's quite exciting. And it's being directed by Craig Viveros, who directed War of the Worlds, Angela Black, etc. Um, so that is quite exciting, I say. God, that is overachievers news. That's what that is. A lot of overachievers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And other <sighs> brilliant British drama news is that the new season of Sherwood the second season of Sherwood, you, Ooh, yeah, yeah. Which, which was brilliant, one of the TV drama highlights of the other year, James Graham's uh, show. And um, new stars have been confirmed for that for the second series. So first of all, it's been directed by Cleo Clio Barnard of Ali and Ava fame, who's a brilliant British film director. She's directing the whole series, and it, the the new stars include David Harewood of Homeland fame, Robert Lindsay. I love David. The Harewood. legend, the man, oh, the legend. Yes, Robert. Mo- Monica Dolan. She was in Black Mirror that we talked about oh, before. And yes. she was in The Thief, His Wife in the Canoe, classic true crime drama. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Charlene White, who was in Stephen. She placed, uh, She was in the Stephen Lawrence drama, Stephen. She's great. Yeah. Stephen Delane, who's in Game of Thrones. He's been lots of stuff. The cast, honestly, Ashling Loftus, um, Robert Ems, who's in Chernobyl, uh, Christine Bottomley. They always get such great cast. Yeah, Christine Bottomley, who I kind of know, who is in Back to Life, the brilliant Back to Life. She's she's a brilliant actress. Uh, just an amazing cast. And they join returning stars, David Morrissey, Leslie Manville, Lorraine Ashbourne, and Philip Jackson, etc. So that is a star-studded lineup for Sherwood Series 2, which is, I believe, being filmed right now as we speak in the UK. And my final uh, bit of news is that the John Wick spin-off TV series, 
Um, they revealed first looks at the characters and cast for that. And that is a prequel. To, are you a John Wick fan? Oh, I, uh, listen, not no, I'm a Keanu Reeves fan, but I'm a massive John Wick fan. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So this is, it's called The Continental Colon from the world of John Wick. And, um, but the, the, the controversial thing about this show is that it does star Mel Gibson. Oh, that is controversial. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, who's welcomed I, I, him back? I, Who's welcomed well, him back? Mel back. I, well, I didn't know. I, I'm not going to be yeah. watching. I'm sorry. Okay. I, I was going to ask you whether, yeah. I mean, I, I might not watch either. Yeah. Because, I mean, He's, yeah. he's, he's, no, I don't think we should. No, okay. Well, there we go. We'll draw a veil over the continent. Can I just ask though, <laughs> is it executive produced by Keanu? Because I'm sure, is it? Is he involved? Yes, he is involved yeah. somehow, I believe. I believe, yeah. yes. And it's, so it's basically it's going to be on in uh, Prime Video in September, but we may or may okay. not watch it. We won't be we'll watching see. it though, so because no, of Mel. Mel's ruined it. Thanks, Mel. It's done. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That, I believe, is TV news. Well done, everyone. I think, uh, you know, I think we've achieved full <laughs> newsness. Anyway, but let's move on to the climactic session of this glorious podcast, The Reviews. And you know what? Let's start with the, I'm going to call it cult phenomenon that is Heartstopper on the Netflix. Series one was a huge pop culture um, happening, got huge attention. People became obsessed with it. Loads of people love it. Season two has arrived. We've seen it. Kay? What did you make of Heartstopper? And no, I'm not going to do a terrible pun to introduce all of these reviews like James does every week. I'm just <laughs> going to say, Heartstopper, review it. I really enjoyed this series. And as you say, last year it dropped. And I think it was an unexpected hit. Like It was a, it was a like unexpected TV treat in that it was so wholesome and lovely and about this sweet relationship between these two boys um, played by... Joe Locke and Kit Connor, who played um, Charlie and Nick. And it just really was a heartwarming portrayal of first love and the complexities of being a young queer adult. And this, so the whole first season, and I'm going to be trying not ruin it too much, but it was all about their unlikely friendship. And, um, you know, Charlie had this huge crush on Nick, but they were just so different. So Charlie was like this nerd and um, Nick was a rugby lad. And we weren't sure if Charlie's um, crush was unrequited because he presumed that Nick was straight. Anyway, lo and behold, as the series went on, we see that actually something quite sweet develops between them. Season two picks up um, where it left off. So now Nick and Charlie are blissfully happy together. And while all their inner circle knows, so um, Charlie's got a little group of friends. Um, Primarily, Tao, uh, played by William Gao, um, L, played by Yasmin Finney, and Isaac, played by Toby Donovan. And yeah, so while they all know about their relationship, no one else does. So Nick has to go, you know, is sort of dealing with the fact that he hasn't come out of school. He's got his GCSEs to contend with, and also the um, return of his dickhead brother, his words, David from university, who is less than supportive, shall we say. Um, and I just, I don't know, I just really, really continue to love this series because while the first season, there was the whole, are they going to get properly together? You know, that was, and it, that was really sort of kept you, you know, compelled to watch this because you're like, oh God, you just wanted to, we wanted them to find happiness, right? And now that's obviously that sort of element of jeopardy of will they, won't they? has gone, yeah, I think now it's even more interesting in a way because it's whether this relationship will be able to flourish and blossom. I mean, it's a really good relationship, but when everyone else knows and then has their opinion on them and, you know, people aren't as supportive and um, nice as you'd want them to be, will they be able to 
continue to have this healthy, very sweet and loving friendship and relationship. So yeah, I just, I continue to just be um, sort of obsessed with this. And I just love Joe Locke and um, Kit Connor. I just think they're fantastic. And the whole cast, actually, we should say, um, are just brilliant. So yeah, love it. Yeah, because there's also the, the challenge, isn't there? That, 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 that we start they're, they're they're fully flourishing. They're both obsessed with each other. But how do they maintain that, mm. fr- that that relationship in the first throes of young love in the in the face of the fact they've got to do their bloody GCSEs? I mean, that's the other thing, isn't it, Steph? Steph, yeah. what did you make? Of- well, I'm just going to say this really stopped my heart. Whoa! Did you see what I did? Oh, yeah. we've got Jet. James is here. Yeah. James yeah. is here in spirit. I loved it. <laughs> I thought. I mean, look, navigating adolescence is horrifying absolutely horrifying for everyone but I just thought this was so incredibly well done mostly because I watched it feeling like I was back as an adolescent and it, and I just I felt like I was onboarding with all of their emotions I just I just love Nick's character so much not to mention he's got the greatest on-screen mum in the world in Olivia Coleman, who is just like Olivia Coleman. That is just who she is, isn't she? She's just that. Yeah, she's just exactly. that mum who's she's playing Olivia oh, Coleman. She's, she's a, a lovely. She, I mean, woman. she's an incredible actor, but she is that person. Um, so I just I love the whole thing. There is a scene in it where I'm not sure how old the actor who plays Nick is, but there is a scene in it where he gets his kit off, and I, my God, I was like. This young no nope, no is he too is he <laughs> he's, he's, he's nineteen I, he's nineteen he's, it's fine oh okay fine I fine oh, I thought he was younger than let that. me just it's say fine. he has a sensational physique that's all I say <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and Tao I just love the whole all of the, the like the subplot love stories it's just yeah. it's so so sweet but it does give you kind of emotional teen angst. I think it's really sensitively and cleverly done. It's not overplayed. It's done with the, the exact emotions that they would be feeling. And even the dialogue is really spot on. And I re- I'm really pleased about that. They haven't made them, they, they, they're, they're really eloquent, but not, it's just, it doesn't feel like it's acted. It's just, do you know what I mean? Have, don't you think they just show sort of like, a refreshing high level of emotional intelligence, which I hope is real, you know, exists now. Because when I was at school, I mean, I don't think we were like that, you know, like I don't think, uh, obviously things have just come on so massively since we were at school. But yeah, I just, I really well, like that I, about the characters. Well, I, think it, I think it's, my interpretation, I think it's a good point, but I think that this group has high emotional intelligence, doesn't mm. it? Like this, this, mm. this clique, if you like. Yeah, of, you're right. Of, Rather than the yeah, rugby boys. Because yeah, you see, you do see, Various people who aren't don't have that. Like the, yeah, his fellow rugby players, the 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 brother, the brother who's a horrendous twat um, when he comes home. I mean, he's older than him, and he has absolutely no emotional intelligence whatsoever. Quite the opposite. So the, the world they're living in is full of people, and the parents, in fact, you know, um, uh, Joe's parents aren't great either, are they? So you definitely have a lot of characters who don't have that. Don't, don't they? yes, Steph, what were you going to say? Yeah, I just think this whole thing is it. It's a, a difficult tale of acceptance. You know, first accepting yourself once you've tried. You're, you're still on that journey of accepting yourself, then getting everybody else around to accept you as well, and it and, and it's beautifully done. I think really. Beautiful. I haven't watched the first series, so I went straight into it, and I loved it so much. Then I just continued watching it, watched watched the whole of it because I just loved it. I really yeah. do love the towel the towel storyline in this series, though. Yeah. So we should say L 
you know, in season two, Elle isn't sure what to do about her feelings for Tao and whether to cross that line and if he feels the same. And so there's all that angst as well that we have to deal with. It's testament to the show, though, that I haven't watched the first series and it took me about seven minutes to become involved in these these characters and care about these characters. Mm. It's incredibly watchable, isn't it? It's like, it's so, uh, you're right, it's... That every the, the core that core group is so likable, and mm. I think um, authentic. There's an authenticity to Auth- it. Like, that's I love, it. I love. I think um, Yasmin Finney as L is brilliant. Um, mm. The other, I think, the other kind of um, brilliant member of the supporting cast. I mean, they're all great, but Isaac Toby Donovan as Isaac, who's the guy who always has a book. <laughs> he has a book <laughs> he with him. He literally fabulous. is the biggest bookworm. Yeah. Does, yeah, does very little, but what he does is just very yeah. Well, well done. Um, and uh, she, she, he's brilliant. He's so you see. I know so many people. I, people like him. You know, quiet, kind of just get, mm. get, gets along with life. A bit of an outsider figure. Wants to read his book. Wants to be with the group. You know, but just does his own thing. Just plows his own. Yeah, fire. he doesn't want I, to I be the main that. player. He just wants to be. But in yeah, yeah. I love that character. It's so well observed. We should say this. All of this stuff. The whole. It's all created by Alice Oseman. Created the the kind of graphic novel or whatever you want to call them that that started. She writes. Most of the show, don't about Euros Lynn, who's directed a lot of Russell T. Davis stuff as well um, in the past. It's just really well done. And you've got the little, you know, they don't overdo the kind of, I think if, if in series one, when it's, there was a lot of, the, they add, have the animated, you know, um, mm, kind graphics. of graphics, uh, obviously taken from the original source material, but to highlight the emotions, you know. And it's borderline tweet sometimes, if I'm being, you know, but I think they they rein it in. I would say yeah. that's the one thing I didn't like about it because it doesn't need it, and it, yeah, and it almost. I but I think I don't think it needs I it. D- I disagree. Should I tell you why? Because yes. I think it's just a nod to its origins. Yeah, it is yeah. of the gra- graphic novels, novels, and I think that's kind of sweet. Yeah, okay. I agree. I agree, and they, and they don't and they don't overdo it. Um, no. I think, but yeah, yeah, it is it is um a really good show. It's really well done. Uh, and the other thing I want to say is. Because you were talking about Steph about how it brings back memories. The difference, of course, is I know you're very young still, but I do believe no, this is true. Forty-two. I'm very old. <laughs> Imagine navigating that all of that, all, everything that you said, navigating all of those things, but where with the phones, with, with social the media. I, I, yeah, with social yeah, yeah. media. And what is what is what I found? I suddenly realised watching this new new run is that all like half the dialogue is actually people tapping yeah. out messages to each other on their phones. And and, and, and that is obviously ultra-realistic. That's exactly how it would be. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you've got, added to the stress of everyday life and having to do your GCSEs, forge relationships, blah, 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 deal with homophobia and all that, yeah. is that you've got to work out what to say to each other constantly on your phone. On t- yeah. And it's so stressful. I find, the ho- yeah. I find watching oh my God, that... Gosh. Listen, you know, when we were at school, okay, right. So we're at school. If you're having a hard time at school or anything, okay, when you got home, that was the end of the school day. You weren't accessible. That was, it was over, okay? School, school horrors happened within that time between 8.30 and 3.20 or whatever your school hours were. And then when you got home, you couldn't, you couldn't be got at. But now you can be got at 24 hours a day. I think it's a testament. I think it's a testament to how invested we are with these characters that when they're like texting each other, just seeing those three dots come up and then it being deleted and you're, you're just on the, you're just like gripped. Mm. You're like, oh, please come on, just send the message. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. But I think the way they deal with that is brilliant uh, uh, because they do, they literally, like, the, you, you've seen lots of different ways of um, depicting text messaging, right, in, in TV dramas. And, but I think the way they do it here is really, 
really clever because they, they they don't flash it on screen like they did in Sherlock. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sherlock they just had you actually watching yeah. them looking at their phone and tapping out. The, yeah, exactly. And it's really effective somehow the way they do that because the the, the stress of working out what to say to each other is really brilliantly com, 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 um, conveyed. I think that's just a, a re- and then you have just completely social- authentic. Yeah, there's a scene where you know that someone one of them sees another socializing on on you know social media on TikTok or whatever, and you're like, oh my god, yeah, just having to deal with that, being able to know what each other's doing because people are putting it on i know it's an obvious point that social media and smartphones ruin everyone's life but i think it's true and i actually see the story this week like the un or something is advising people that children should have all their no no child should have a mobile phone in class ever i think it's probably a good idea mm. i'm not sure i didn't even know in. you were allowed to have phones at school well like- like, rules vary but uh, you know i believe but yeah generally anyway let's not get bogged down in that whole you know social media kids issue but all we can say is that we all love heartstopper and season two begins on netflix this thursday the 3rd of august 10 glorious new episodes watch it let's move on let's have some crime come on (gasps) yay (laughs) the crime klaxon it's time for crime and what (laughs) better place to start than high focus what's what's the word i'm looking for (laughs) Um, high profile, that's the one I'm looking for. What better way to start than high profile new BBC One drama, Wolf, which begins today, Monday, carries on on Tuesdays, on Mondays and Tuesdays on BBC One for the next, I think, three weeks. Stephanie Seelan, what did you make of Wolf? Well, um, if you know anything about uh, novelist Mo Hader, who sadly passed away in 2021, leaving the legacy of her amazing books. Um, This this is one of her characters. Um, So, right, arguably the best, people say, D.I. Jack Caffrey, who is this troubled yet a detective. He is obsessed with the fact that his paedophile neighbor who lives across the street had abducted his brother, his younger brother. He's so obsessed that he sits atop his parents' house every night and watches this paedophile and he's he's basically he's obsessed. He thinks he's he thinks he had something to do but he can't prove it. Okay. Um, he is so obsessed that he's trying to get information about this paedophile guy from his new job. He's just come back to start a new job in the force. Um, and he's trying to kind of go undercover and get information because the one thing he wants to do is find out where his brother's body is. Okay. So this series is all about, it's troubled, but yet very, very, very handsome detective. And yeah. <laughs> Uqueli Roach that, is the actor. Yeah. Sorry, Uqueli, I was getting to that. He's absolutely wonderful. But sorry, the crux of this drama is about a family who live in a massive isolated mansion in Monmouthshire. They're called the Ankerferas. Okay. The neurotic housewife played brilliantly by Juliet Stevenson and her husband, right? They somehow get themselves, I don't want to give too much away, trapped in this in this big house um the house and the area around were the scene of a historic murder and it may or may not be connected to why they are now trapped in their house but again i don't want to give away too many spoilers do you think that's is that too much no i think that's okay yeah, no, yeah. okay yes. fine yeah, yeah no, there's like good. twin yeah you're right there's twin storylines yeah yeah and you're not sure and it's quite 
what I'd say is it's quite compelling in that you you know somehow these two stories are going to be connected, but you don't know right. how. Yeah, exactly. But my overall feeling about this show, though, is it's just fucking mad. I well, just weighed like, in, Steph. This, Kay has weighed in. Um, you, you, yeah, you were busy, you know, describing the show and you were going to get to the sorry, point. Sorry, I'm just- She can't no, wait. No, because- You can't, couldn't wait. I'm only interrupting because that's really, I mean, my main takeaway. It's just, it's just quite mad and odd. Do, uh, do like you know what? Where you're just like, do you know what it is? It's very, I, I know what you're saying about it. Being, it's, it's got a very kind of clockwork orange feel to it, hasn't it, Boyd? It has got that kind of, yeah, it is very, it is a little bit oddball. But I think if you go with it, yeah, then it doesn't feel so crazy. And you have to remember that crazy people are crazy. So, if you just get off, you know. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Breaking just, news, guys. Just let, just let that sink in. Crazy people, Steph, yeah. Steph, you are confirming. Crazy people are just crazy. Is that right? Yeah. So they yeah, do okay. they do thing crazy, crazy things. Crazy things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you have to just. Because they're crazy. I, 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 I worry. I know what you're saying. And I think some people might get to a certain point in this and go, okay, this is, this is too mad for me. Because it's not a traditional crime thriller. But if you stay with it. I think you'll be pleased. What is kind of the main the main character, I suppose, is at odds because he's very serious. Is at odds with you know the other psychopath type characters and yes. their absolute cuckoo bomb behavior. But I mean, that's 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 what you know murderers are like. They're just they're banana <laughs> crackers. If anyone knows, it's you as well, <laughs> editor of Crime Monthly. I mean, you know that that should be a headline on the. It should be a cover line. On the next thing, crazy people—they're yeah. just crazy. Oh, crazy! They are, though. Yeah, they are. I—I'm—I'm I'm with Kay on this, but I—I I, I agree with both of you. I watched this. I, I should. I watched this a while ago um, because um, the BBC sent sent it to me. It sounds like and said, you know, we want to know what you think of this thing. And I, my feedback—they sent me the like, you know, first four episodes of the thing I watched, and my immediate feedback was, "This is fucking nuts." I mean, I do think. Mm. I think <laughs> this is in a, in in a. In a way that I find very appealing, personally, yeah, I think I think this is the maddest TV crime drama since the early days of Luther. When Luther started, uh, talking of yeah. Idris Elba, do you remember? It yeah. was cuckoo bong. Yeah, it was banana crackers. It had the most outlandish, sick, twisted storylines involving serial killers. First of all, Luther effectively for the first few series, you had to go along with the idea that London had like about every other person in London was a serial killer. <laughs> pretty much and that he was getting help from another serial killer to help him solve crimes about other serial killers and kind of falling in love with this woman at the same time anyway it was insane and the way it was overwrought in that way that that i love and this is overwrought i mean this is fucking overwrought in the same way that luther was is anchored by idris elba who's a very serious character and plays 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 that role very seriously this is they've done the same thing with this he is a serious detective with a real issue yeah completely yeah and as you say very handsome and yeah completely ukulele roach is fantastic yeah but I, I love this. It, it has moments in it which are completely like, off the rails, Matt. Oh, wow. Yeah. So and, and what's annoying is it's really hard. And I was actually looking, for, you know, looking for kind of like um, advi- uh, uh, advice from how to like which, which things we can talk and which things we can't in terms of sports. It's really difficult. All, all, what I will say is there are, two, there are characters played by Sasha Dewan and Ewan uh, Rion. Ewan Rion from Game of Thrones uh. who played Absolute psychopath in Game of Thrones. One of the worst characters. One of the most nastiest. He gives Ra- good psycho. Ramsey right. Bolton. Yeah, Ramsey Bolton. Yeah. Uh, he, he's basically Ramsey Bolton in this yeah. by another name. Right. And yeah. Sasha Dewan plays the master in Doctor Who and did the most ratcheted up, mad, 
performance is the master anyone's ever seen. And that is in, you know, a, a show that's on its 60th anniversary this year. And he absolutely was amazing in, in, in Doctor Who is the master. They're brought together in this show as a duo and they are hilarious. They yeah. are absolutely hilarious. So you've got this weird kind of structure where it cross cuts between them being absolutely insane as you say <laughs> in an incredibly entertaining way then you've got the the family in this place with their little doggy by the way the cute little doggy oh, you know dog is yeah. so cute mm. and the dog plays a very important role yes exactly and then it, that is constantly cutting between um the detective jack caffrey's investigation which takes him all over the place and you and it really holds off in working out how these things are connected as you know for a long long time to the point where it's like oh my god this is extraordinary what the fuck is going on oh and also we should note jack's mad girlfriend oh yeah jack's mad girlfriend is hilarious at the beginning as well yeah that, that's she it. is <laughs> yeah. intensely dislikable <laughs> yeah so even that yeah. which is right uh, very early on is that, i forgot about that yeah that is hilarious in itself so it is a sh- and it all goes back to as you're right uh, as you mentioned right at the beginning steph which is that, that, that Mo Hader, the, the, the writer of these books, who had, did pass away. I, I remember reading one of her books. Essex-born. Um, Essex-born Mo Hader. Essex-born Mo Hader. And it, yeah. they are bonkers. They really yeah. are quite explicitly, horrendously violent, quite very sick and twisted. And kudos to everyone involved in this, is what I would say, mm. in this TV version. They, for leaning into For that. leaning into the yes. madness. And That's the perversion I- and the insanity <laughs> and the twistedness. I fucking loved it. And there's one bit, I just remember one bit where um, where uh, Julia Stevenson literally said something like, you people are just horrible or something like that. <laughs> Juliet, like, yeah, Juliet, deal with it. They really are. It's the understatement of the year. They're more than horrible. They're fucking insane psychopaths. One of my favourite scenes in the first episode is where Juliet Stephen is like quite. There's quite a lot of focus on her making a lemon drizzle cake, and she makes she cuts this lemon (laughs) drizzle cake, and someone takes a bite of it, and and that in itself is quite insane. And you think, how can somebody make a scene about lemon drizzle cake be so crazy? But it is. I I thought it was brilliant. I think you've just got to you've got to go with it. You've got to go with it, and you'll enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So that is. Wolf, BBC One, Munson Tuesdays for the next three weeks. Um, get involved, is what I would say. And finally this week, we've got a true crime drama. Um, this tells the story of Melissa Caddick, who actually existed in Australia recently, disappeared. Uh, she was found with her foot in it, <laughs> um, which is quite extraordinary. <laughs> uh, this is being dramatised in a show called Vanishing Act. Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at that. No, 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 fair enough. I mean, we'll, you can see why you laughed at that as you're about to tell us what you think of Vanishing Act on ITVXK. This is, um, yeah, this is based, it, it tells us constantly, it's inspired by real events, but some things have been fictionalised. And I think you can see that with this. I mean, there's so many examples of true life dramas being really sort of well-made and leaning into the serious aspects of the crime and um, really sort of being quite respectful of the victims. I mean, we've seen that recently with Sarah Phelps's um, true crime drama, you know. And this one, I would say, is in a different sort of league in that it's it it doesn't play for the last, but it just leans... It's very hard to know what this is, I'm going to be honest, because the first five minutes, it throws everything at it. There's so many divisives and, and stylistic choices. So we've got flashbacks to 1983 and Bonda Beach in New South Wales, and then to 2021 when the shoe, as Boyd mentioned, washes up with a foot in it. And there's also like this kind of 
somewhat flippant, I would say, narration by the central character of Melissa, played by Kate Atkinson, um, who is sort of like giving her version of events as well, as well as having rapid fire news footage and reports flashing up, along with the names of the characters flashing up. Um, And to me, at first, I was just like, this was just too much. It was just too much. Too sort of like almost like quite disorientating of what the hell's going on because it was it was like a bombardment of all the senses. And I would say that sort of does continue throughout. I mean, it eases off with the news flashes throughout the first episode, but there is just this feeling that this is very like a one-sided portrayal of events. And it's, you know, we get to then see like how glamorous Melissa's life has become. So we go to 2020, she's living this glam life. We see how she's created this Ponzi scheme that's hoodwinked her close friends and acquaintances of millions of Australian dollars. <laughs> I don't know. I just couldn't take any- this seriously. I'm going to be honest. Because there's gratuitous shots of a man's bum, right? Just like for no reason. Apropos nothing, right? For example. Well, he is her, he is her uh, lover. Husband. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah. No, Husband. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. At first, you're like, yeah, gratuitous. At first, you're like, who the, who the, who the hell's this guy? I mean, because it didn't have the handy like name flashing up on the arse, you know, it's like, who's this guy? And then you just get to see, obviously, the as name you say, it's her husband. No, no, so like, <laughs> the name of the guy. The name of the rose? Uh, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you, you get to rapidly see that, yeah, it's, as you say, her husband, who she treats quite poorly, who's like a, like a you know, just basically a toy boy. He's um, a DJ. And- <laughs> He's a DJ. Wait, he, he, he is not treated poorly. He has got to live in the life of Riley. Yeah. No, she treats him like he he treats him bad. I mean, yeah, okay, he lives a nice life, but she treats him like, you know, he's basically her PA, which he essentially is as well. Um and I don't know. I just I think the fact that we were just spoon-fed all the information through the narration and through like the flashbacks and stuff like that you didn't have to work for any of this. And and it just felt quite superficial. Um it didn't grip me. What I would say is this is i i know this case from the, the the actual true life case of this this is a very recent case it it really did grip australia this case of this woman that went missing melissa caddick now in terms of the amount of time that's elapsed between them ruling her ruling her dead effectively and then this being made this seems like an odd choice of a way to portray this particular true crime it just it seems very very strange i mean i'm i'm gonna say like the best the the in recent years i don't know if you saw netflix night stalker is like the top brass of how you portray a crime documentary it's unbelievable interwoven with interviews you know uh, you know survivors and and beautifully beautifully shot beautifully directed this is kind of comedic at times they make they glorify this woman who plays the central character and narrates her life which is absolutely horrific this this, this, it it feels in poor taste for something that is is such recent history and and this was not a, a victimless crime this is a woman who stole millions and ruined the lives of not only her friends friends and family but countless other people around her she was a terrible person and the truth about this crime story is that actually it People are still not certain, even though they have ruled that she's 
she's dead. That's not a spoil. You can find that information out anywhere because many people said, oh, the, you know, you can't cut off your foot without having an arterial bleed. So there's no way you would survive. But I can tell, give you a million instances of people. And it's usually when they, when they've committed fraud, um, that have faked their own deaths and, and I'm not 100% sure that she hasn't faked her own death. And I'm also not 100% sure that her husband, who gave varying conflicting accounts about this, is not involved. But just to come back to what you say, Kay, I can see why this is a confusing offering of something you're not, you're like, should I be caring about these victims that are being portrayed? I, I, it's very, it's a strange way to portray this, this crime, I think. I would personally rather watch a documentary. That's what I mean. Well, like they've made an odd decision. Sorry, well, you point. know, there is a documentary as well, so we should say this. So this is a, is a three-part drama on ITVX on Thursday, all, all available. But on the same day, they're putting out a documentary about the case, a 90-minute documentary called Life and Limb, Missing Millionaires. Um, so you can see the actual documentary. But, are you, but is it – so the guy, for example, who is her DJ slash hairdresser – Husband, boyfriend, the, the boyfriend, yeah, husband, the man, no, he's the man. husband. He's a husband. He's, so he's around, right? He's still around. He, I he's mean, around. He's had to petition. Um, I don't want to sp- spoil it for people, but this is, you know, this is actual something that happened in real life. So he has a, a staked a claim on her house because obviously all of her um properties and assets and everything were sold to pay the victims and he staked the claim he had to he was very upset he had to sell her her car and everything but he was like no I and he still maintains that she was not guilty and she didn't steal wow. from anyone. Well imagine like, watching this right if you're here yeah. imagine watching this just with the bum sequence. I mean I like, that's yeah. mixed feelings like on the one hand <laughs> they're portraying me as a bit of an idiot which they do because he is yeah. like a, a DJ slash hairdresser doofus but the other hand an incredible bum on, on the is in the first scene mm. the, the, Good bum work. Good bum work. Yeah. It is. I found it. I think, right, I was like, halfway through watching this, I was like, this is, again, cuckoo bong. I mean, you know, Kay, mm. Kay's phrases for mad are very appropriate this week. But No, not, it's never psychologically, by the way. It just means whack, yeah, right? Whack. So banana crackers. Banana crackers. Is, banana whack, crackers yeah. is the main one. Yeah, right. yeah. But tonally, you're right. This is so ridiculous. Mm. And you can do, I've got nothing against, the, the, like a very English scandal, right? The Russell T. Davis um, three-part about the Jeremy Thorpe scandal. There's right. a different, Boys. oh my God. No, no, do no, not, no. Do, not, totally, yeah, do not say that in the same breath. That this is, is so this, this, is, this is nothing like hold that. Hold on. All okay. right. Okay. Cap, hold on, you two. This is this what I have to deal with, right? Listen, <laughs> what I'm saying is that was an example of how to do a jaunty, kind of really okay. funny yeah. true story that involved had a criminal element to it right and but that was just he is a genius and can can pull that off whoever wrote this thing has not pulled it off and it is like and it's just odd it just it, it just leaves you with like an odd taste in your mouth and to have it narrated by this uh, possibly dead woman mm. and then what she what she says and she's jauntily explaining what a Ponzi scheme is. And then to have like, a, it's quite cheesily filmed, including the bums. <laughs> you can't get away from that creative decision, right? Once you decide that, this naked man laid yeah. out of bed for no good reason whatsoever, you, you it just it's, it just it establishes a certain tone. And so it is weird. It makes for really weird viewing. And there's a there's a frothiness to this yeah. that I, right. that shouldn't exist no, mm, exactly. in this. In this exactly. particular show, exactly, it is. I think it is, and it's just, it's just cheesy. It's weird and cheesy. I and think mm, as well. When you were talking, you know, Kay was talking earlier about Colin from Accounts. Colin from Accounts is an uh, incredible Australian 
comedy and you almost feel like this is going to, at some point, there's going to be a comedic element to it. The way, I don't know why it gives off that feeling because mm. maybe because of the, I, it's I, the narration for yeah. me. Is that it's what it is? I can't put my finger just, on it. It's just yeah. very odd. It's a very, yeah. very odd show yeah. take it's an odd take there are loads of like stories of you know con artists aren't there who, who often do narrate things like I'm, maybe I'm thinking of Catch Me If You Can I can't remember whether he did or not yeah. Leo DiCaprio uh, yeah. in, in my mind there was loads of like, it is a thing to do but in this case it just doesn't work it just doesn't work it's just uh, Wolf of Wall Street Wolf of Wall Street right. is a prime yeah. example of right. how that yeah. is done and that's done perfectly it can be done well I'm not ruling that out I'm just saying in this case yeah. it's incredibly recent history I don't know whether that is the thing. I don't know whether, I don't know what it is about this. It just doesn't hit the note quite right. There's not enough depth to it. No. I mean, depth to the bum, no depth to the story and the storytelling. <laughs> depth to the bum. On that bombshell, <laughs> uh, you can decide for yourself. Vanishing Act, which is the name of this three part drama, is on all drops in full on ITVX this Thursday. And at the same time, you can watch the. I shall be watching the documentary. And the I'm case sure. is fascinating. Yeah. It's yeah. absolutely yeah. because it's still a case that people don't really know, even though the coroner said she's dead. They, we don't know what's happened. It is fascinating how this yeah. woman was able to do it is incredible. But yeah, it, sorry, boy, carry on. I'm just very yeah. upset about this. Imagine if she did cut off her own foot to, um, to put Yeah, the, but you know, me. you can do you can do that. But as I said, mm, when I've, I've looked into it, well, I know, please don't. But when I've looked into mm. it, most most doctors say, you know, if you cut off your foot, you get an arterial bleed, you cannot survive that. But this is a woman who was adept at stealing money from people for over eight, over an eight year period. I mean, she's yeah. going to be able to survive out there. Correct. Listen, I think we need to wrap this up for listeners. Chop off their ears because we have been going on a long time now. Oh, subtle, Kay. What a subtle intervention that was. Just shut, just <laughs> shut the fuck up, everyone. Kay's had enough. It's time to, it's time to finish. Okay, that's here ended. Rude, listeners. Keep that in, by the way. Here ended. Definitely, I'm happy. To, I'm stationed intervention for our listeners. Anyway, yes, that heareth endeth the review section of the podcast. All that remains is for me to remind you of some other things that start next week, which include a show called The Lost Flowers of Alice Hart, which is um, heavily embargoed, so we would do it on the Pilot Plus. That's on Prime Video on Friday. And stars Sigourney Weaver, no less, Ooh. coming to oh, wow. yes, coming to Event TV. Uh, it's based on another Australian story, uh, this is. Um, it's from the producers of Big Little Lies. Um, and Nine Perfect Strangers, and it's about um, a woman with lots of mysteries going on in her life. Um, she uses her parents in a fire, and then um, she uh, with mysterious origin, and she comes back, lives with her grandmother, and um, lives on a farm, and she there's loads of family intrigue in this setting, basically. <laughs> yeah, but we'll, we'll come to that. So that's The Lost Flowers of Alice Hart. There is series two, no, series three of Physical on Apple TV Plus with Rose Byrne, I wasn't a particularly big fan of season one, and I think this is the last season, but Zoe Deschanel stars in this season. She's brilliant in everything. So it might be worth checking out physical. That arrives on Wednesday on Apple TV+. And I wanted to mention, with the tragic news that broke last night that, uh, about Sinead O'Connor, that Sky have got a documentary that is will be available on Sky Documentaries and now called Nothing Compares, which is the life story of Sinead O'Connor. Um, so... Yeah, absolutely terrible. But that is uh, uh, that is one to watch, and that's that will be on Sky now. I think as by the time this podcast goes out, that's it, guys. I mean, 
We've basically binged on basically loads binged. of amazing TV. We've gone on too long. Kay's not happy. It's we've had. No, I am happy. We've had, I'm happy for our reunion. Yeah, thank you for having bongus. me. Thanks for joining, and you'll be back because because James has got another holiday coming soon. You aware of this? <laughs> we, we oh, need, is he? When is he on oh, holiday? Yeah. I'm, I, okay, this is life admin now. In okay. a few weeks' time. All right. Okay. Hey, he wants us to finish. I don't know. We're going for one one hour thirty eight minutes. We didn't do any fucking long winded stories about buying tickets for pop stars. Thank you so much, Kay and Steph. Thank you for listening. Pilot out.